your Property Network magazine, the UK's leading magazine for active property investors, presents your property podcast, giving you access to some of the UK's most successful and influential property investors and developers. They will share with you their successes, failures, strategies and tips. So whether you're an experienced property investor or just starting out, Join us every week to help you plan your path to financial freedom. So let's get started with your host, Nina Hirons. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Property Podcast with me, Nina Hirons. I really hope you are enjoying listening to our podcast. And please, if you get a spare five minutes, if you could give us a quick rate on iTunes and a big thumbs up, I'd be incredibly grateful. Okay, so let's get started. Last week, I had a really interesting chat with Billy Tariff, who, together with today's guest, took the crown and achieved top of the class in Simon Zucci's Mastermind and Progressive's VIP 12-month programmes. There is absolutely no denying anybody who chooses to partake in a 12-month programme is brave. It isn't a walk in a park, and you certainly can't just sit back and you're automatically going to achieve success, as my guest today is all too familiar with. But doing it twice... I really think I need to question this man's sanity, but it is my absolute pleasure to welcome Glenn Delve. Hello. Hi, Nina. How are you? And welcome to all the listeners. (laughs) Welcome. How are you? Good? I'm really good, thanks. I'm looking forward to our chat. Um, It's been an interesting ride, and if anybody can learn from my journey, that's that's all good. Fab. Okay, so um, let's rewind five or years so, and let's talk about your first experience of the programme. I kind of want to know what made you sign up and what happened and why do you think it happened? Uh, Why did I sign up? Well, I was involved with Progressive. Uh, I had attended a few courses. I'd seen some people having some some success in property and I knew I needed an alternative pension. I needed to build a future that I didn't have. So property had gripped me in that way. And I felt that with the support of the VIP program, I had a better chance of fulfilling my dream of that property income. Okay, so what what happened on that journey then? Uh, Well, I completely flopped, to be honest, Nina. Um, It uh, it was a 12-month program with, as it suggests, uh, 12 monthly meetings. I think I probably attended four or five. I was in a corporate role at the time. I had an income, but I was also working many, many hours. I let life get in the way. Uh, And even when I did turn up, I turned up with, uh, I'm ashamed to say, uh, some form of arrogance. I was uh, a fairly senior business person running uh, a multi-million pound company um, with about 50 staff. And I felt that I knew what I knew. And if I disagreed with whatever a mentor told me, I just ignored them. So, unsurprisingly, I didn't make a huge amount of progress. Okay, so let's kind of move forward then. You obviously decided to do it for a second time. So what what was your motivation behind this? I mean, following on the first programme, had you you not kind of gone into property then? Had you just kind of given up and... No, I hadn't given up, uh, but I hadn't made the progress I needed and I certainly hadn't built the future that I needed to. And I ended up getting made redundant, so I didn't have that income all of a sudden. And although I'd learned some things in property and so, for instance, turning a house I had as a buy-to-let into a multi-let would be a good example, um, 
I just didn't have the future that I needed. And I faced a stark reality when I was made redundant. And I, for the first time in my life, age 47, I realized that life really didn't owe me a living. And that if I didn't sort myself out, then my future and that of my family was very, very uncertain. So, you know, obviously you've had two very different experiences. So for anyone considering property education, what would be your advice to them, having been through the process twice, obviously with very, very different results? Well, the programme, uh, apart from minor changes, was the first, uh, was the same the first time round and the second time round. So the difference had to be me. And I think the attitude and the uh, approach we take with these programs is fundamental to whether they will succeed for us or not. So what was different the second time around for me, I came with a humility, I came willing to learn, I came willing to do as I was told because people that were telling me to do these things had a demonstrable proven track record and I didn't. Uh, and I came to serve. I I considered that, yep, I had some business experience, I had some experience of minor things like HMOs and stuff, but um, if I could help anybody on the journey, I wanted to help them. Uh, but I, I just came with a complete different attitude. And of course, <laughs> a fundamental issue, I turned up. I turned up for every session. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so let's let's obviously talk about kind of where you are now. So how do you position yourself in the property market? You know, what kind of strategy are you using and how does this work for you? Uh, well, I, I love uh, working in the field of commercial conversions. That's a very broad field. Uh, so very specifically, I have niched in office conversions and largely I do that in the Southampton and Eastleigh area down near the south coast. Oh, okay. Um, what, what kind of was your thinking behind this strategy then? Is it because it's something you really enjoyed? Is it something that perhaps you'd been kind of not pushed into, perhaps guided into or advised? So the way this strategy works, Nina, was fundamental to why I selected it. So um, if we buy an office block of, say, 10,000 square feet, I would be targeting to get about 20 apartments into that. Now, I had been fundamentally affected by something I read by T. Harv Eker, I think, is credited with it. He said, you'll be paid in direct proportion to the value you bring to the marketplace. So it follows that if you want to be paid a lot of money then you need to add a lot of value and that's easier to do if you're adding more value to more people so by creating 20 apartments I have 20 customers if I create an HMO I might have six or seven customers if I convert a flat or refurbish a flat I might have one customer and I was in a bit of a fix having made been made redundant I had a lot of debt uh, and if I was going to save my family and create that future for us that I wanted, I had to find a way of making a lot of money uh, very quickly. And I felt that this commercial conversion strategy of converting offices into apartments offered me the opportunity to earn a lot of money and to have a business that would scale. So that's why I selected it. Um, and I think the results have spoken for themselves. Excellent. Um you know, this this is a big stumbling block for a, little, a lot of people, and you know, and I'm talking, you know, smaller developments, and obviously working on bigger deals is going to require a much bigger pot of money. So, how have you financed these projects, especially having been made redundant and then obviously going into the property market? Uh, well, nobody'd be surprised to hear me say that I've uh, financed these through joint venture financing. Um, 
but that's easily said it rolls off the tongue and and I'm, I'm imagining some of our listeners will be just rolling their eyes now going oh somebody else who has done something with joint venture financing but I don't really think it'll work for me uh, I used to be in that space I used to try and raise smaller sums of money for HMOs and things like that and I found that very difficult in fact but the great thing about this strategy is um, we, la- we need larger sums of money. And there are high net worth individuals out there with a lot of money that is not working for them. And that's their pain point. They don't want to have money that's not working for them. And with a commercial conversion using what they call the prior approval process, which uh, offices to flats is one of those, we're able to give them some certainty. So we buy an office at, say, £100 a square foot. It costs us, say, £140 a square foot to uh, all in to convert that office into apartments. And they might sell for £330 a square foot, giving us a margin. And that margin is fairly certain. The outcome is fairly certain. Uh, so we've got no risk on planning because we're using a prior approval process. We use a fixed price build contract. So the outcome is fairly certain as long as we've got good research on the sales prices, which we get from the land and new homes departments in the area that we're converting. And when you're able to offer an investor a solution to their problem, which is they're not getting a return on their money, without too much risk, they will lend to those projects. They do obviously do due diligence on the person, but actually what we've done is just solve their issue. And I think my advice to anyone out there is if you're looking for joint venture funding, make sure that you're not looking to solve just your issue, but that you're looking to solve the issue for the person you're looking to borrow from. Because if you solve their issue and you remove their pain, there is no reason why they wouldn't invest in your project. You've you've obviously spoken about joint venture and obviously we tend to associate joint ventures with capital, you know, we're, we're trying to sort of, you know, crowdsource funds um, but I know that you've got a very successful joint venture partnership that involves no money whatsoever can you kind of talk us through that a little bit? Uh, I think you're talking about what I refer to as my uh, holy grail joint venture ah, yeah. uh, and this is um, in fact my holy grail joint venture to, to give a clue to our listeners is sitting opposite me on the other side of the desk and has just given me a little dance because she knows she's about to be spoken <laughs> about um, the The thing about property is it can be a lonely journey. Uh, And it's like anything, you know, we all have our strengths, but we also have our weaknesses. And it's a lot more fun um, if we have somebody that uh, works on the stuff that we're not good at, allowing us to operate in our flow, in our strength. And we need to be aware of what our weaknesses are so that we're always on the lookout for somebody that could fill that space. And I was very fortunate to bump into a lady called Justine and she uh, is weird. I always tell her she's weird because she seems to like systems and process, which is what I'm not good at. Like many entrepreneurs, that's not my thing. And she is effectively my Mark Homer to Rob Moore of Progressive. She does all the stuff I don't like doing and we both have a lot more fun. Uh, we both achieve more than we would if we were doing it on our own. And I call that the Holy Grail joint venture because well, they didn't find the Holy Grail because they didn't know what they were looking for. There's no agreement about what the Holy Grail is. You need to be clear what it is you need because as soon as you're clear, it's like when you know when we talk about buying a car, the moment you think I'm going to buy a white VW Golf, you see them all over the road. They were always there, but you now notice them because you're clear about what you want. 
And that's the same, I think, with a joint venture partner that could be your business partner that can change the trajectory of your business and how much fun you have because they'll do all the stuff that you're not good at. So, yes, no, no cash involved, but a lot of fun and a lot more uh, results for both of us. She sounds awesome. Um, you know, obviously, you mentioned being made redundant. Um, you, you know, you obviously had probably little choice but to go into full time in property. How did you manage that transition of sort of cash flow going from full time employment to relying solely on sort of a new source of income? You know, was there sort of a period that you know that was that was difficult, or did you manage that sort of quite well? It is a very difficult period, but uh, I think there are strategies for managing it. Uh, I did a little bit of consultancy. I did a little bit of coaching. But very quickly, when we found the deals, uh, because commercial conversions can take some time, then, and I would say anything between 18 months to two years, depending on what you're doing, we knew we had to find a way of monetizing those deals right from the day uh, that we bought the property. So um, I, when I teach people about uh, commercial conversions, we teach them that you don't have to wait the 18 months to two years to make money out of commercial conversions. You can actually make money on the day you complete the purchase of the property you're going to convert. And that makes it an extraordinary strategy. You know, many people think that with a strategy like this, there's no way they can do it. It's too big. It takes too long. I won't be able to survive. But in fact, in the first month when we bought two properties in, in June 2014, I banked £36,000 in one month. And then we've found ways of bringing money out of the project. So let me tell you very quickly what we did. I, I charged a finder's fee of 2% to the project because I found the property, I've identified it, I know it will work and it will, it will fit into the strategy. And I then charged a 10 grand management fee for my knowledge that used the prior approval process to get permission to convert the building because of course that adds value to the building. So as far as my joint venture partner is concerned, um, I found the building and then used my knowledge and all of that should be funded, that's what we bring to the party. And then in the early days, what we also did is charged a small project management fee for running that project. Now, indeed, I'm now involved in much bigger projects and we hire project managers in, so, and, but I don't need that cash flow anymore either. Um, but for people who are starting out and running a smaller project themselves, there's a number of ways in which they can cash flow themselves through to the end result and it can work very effectively. You know what you've achieved is incredible, and that's you know it's really interesting. And I think it'd be very easy, you know, to say that you had no choice to make to make things work. But in reality, that you know that isn't the case. Um, and just because you were made redundant, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to achieve the success. So, what, what what do you think it is that kind of makes some people succeed and others don't? I mean, you know, you've obviously experienced it both. So, you know, what how how do you how do you achieve such incredible success? I think there's two answers to that and they're both absolutely critical. One is you. What do you bring? Do you come in that humility? Do you come willing to learn, to put the hard work in, to um, follow the strategies? You know, not much in property is new. If you're prepared to listen to people who've been there before you, who've had the success that you want, and you're prepared to put the hard work in, then actually it's a system that you follow, but you have to come with the right attitude and you have to come with the right response. But of course, the other side of that is you do need those people who've been before you. And I don't think I would have achieved the results that we've achieved without the VIP program. 
And indeed, we've made a lot on this uh, podcast, Nina, about the fact I've done it twice, when in fact I've done it three times because I renewed my VIP after I won it. So I'm now on my third year of VIP. And why do I do that? Because the more time I spend with my mentors, the wealthier I get, the faster my business grows. Because these guys have been there. They tell us their shortcuts. They give us the secrets. And as long as we're humble enough to listen to them and follow their advice, I believe that along with the accountability, the support sometimes when it's not going well, the kick up the backside when sometimes perhaps we're ignoring what we've been told, all that stuff, plus the VIP community. The progressive community is amazing. That sense of belonging and journeying with other people, uh, it just creates that kind of magic cauldron, that kind of vortex that seems to suck us up into greater success. So um, I'm a massive fan of the VIP program and programs like it, like the Mastermind program with Simon Zucci. That accountability, mentorship and support is vital, but so is what we bring. Uh, because if we don't come with the right attitude, then with all the support in the world, we might not achieve anything. Sure. I mean, you, you, you make it sound really easy and you've obviously got an incredible passion, incredible drive. Um, but, you, you know, we can't deny that being full time in property is incredibly hard work. But then I also talk to people and they talk about the benefits and that's a huge draw to becoming full time in property, um, you know, having, you know, spending more time with your family and stuff. And would you, would you agree with that? And what do you say are the biggest benefits for you being full time in property? I think if I if my wife ever listened to this podcast and heard me say I spent more time with the family as a result of going into property, I'd get absolutely clobbered um, <laughs> because our business has accelerated and grown beyond anything we could have imagined. Uh, our business is now involved in about £60 million worth of developments, but we've made a choice because we love the upsides that come from being within property. So I still work quite hard, but I can go home when I want to. Uh, I do spend more time with my family than I did, still not as much as we'd like. I travel a lot. So next year I'll be overseas on work trips about four or five times in the year, which I love. I find that energizing in places like Tenerife and Cayman and the Cape Verde Islands. Um, And the money uh, that we are making over the next four or five years is way, way, way beyond anything I could ever have earned as a corporate And, of course, what it helps us to build is a legacy uh, and also passive income. That means if anything happened to me, my family would be well looked after and would have a secure future. And there are, you know, having been made redundant and realizing how unsafe uh, our workplace environment is, that can't reflect feeling of comfort of knowing that you're building something that would survive even if something happened to you is, is a uh, I think will make the jump worthwhile just on its own. Yeah, great. Um, I know you've, you've also mentioned Progressive, and I know that you now teach for them. Um, can you give us a really quick background on this and kind of what it is? And you know, if anybody wanted to book onto a course, how can they do that? Um, well, Progressive are a, a very great education company. They have a courses in a number of things. Uh, what I teach for them is uh, commercial conversions. It's called the Commercial Property Masterclass. It's heavily focused on using prior approval. So this special form of permitted development that the government seems to be increasing seems to be the direction of travel to help us smaller developers make it easier for us to create new homes uh, out of what are currently redundant or uh, underperforming commercial 
commercial buildings. So we teach people how to use those prior approvals, how to use those planning shortcuts to much bigger profits. Um, and it's a two-day course. And if people want to get involved with that, then they can go on the Progressive website or they can call Progressive and, and just ask them about the Commercial Property Masterclass. There's quite a hard demand for it at the moment. We, we run about six courses a year on that. Uh, and I run that personally. And it's great fun. And it's great to see people breaking through. And we're seeing people uh, people's lives change and, and that's hugely humbling and exciting Fab. okay i'm sure there's loads of people listening who would be really super keen to kind of get in touch with you so uh, what's the best way for anyone listening to contact you um we have a, a, a website glendelve.com so that's really easy that's glenn with two n's delve d-e-l-v-e.com and uh, we're building other sites around that but if they go to that site then it will direct them to whatever they're interested in particularly um, or you can always Facebook message me. Uh, there aren't many Glendells on Facebook, so you know, drop me a message, and uh, if I don't deal with it personally, someone in the team will. And uh, we'd love to hear from people if you're interested in creating big profits and getting other people to do most of the work for you, and uh, using prior approval to help add value to many other people's lives. Then we'd love to work with you. Fab, Glenn. Thank you so much. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening. Um, I did lose you a couple of times, but uh, hopefully it was only for kind of a split second. So, uh, yeah, great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Nina. It's been uh, it's been great to talk to you. Great, Fab. Well, kind of in conclusion, having chatted to both Glenn and Billy, while some <laughs> look, get my words out, while some people may still argue property education is money down the drain, there is absolutely no denying that this pair have put their heart and soul into the programme and reaped massive rewards as a consequence. If any of you decide to invest in training, don't forget this is as much as an investment in yourself as it is in your blur. Investment in yourself and your success is down to nobody but you. Well, I'll get my words out today. Okay, until next time, have a fabulous week and thanks again, Glenn. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Your Property Podcast. If you're looking to further your knowledge in property, why not download our free beginner's guide to property investing? at www.yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash begin. It contains everything from how to choose the property strategy that's right for you through to how to raise funds when starting with none and how to eliminate risk and maximize profits. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and never miss an episode by subscribing to our weekly podcast. Until next week.